Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show where the only turkey sounds you'll hear is the gibberish coming out of the host's mouth. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is episode 10 of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I am your host, Brian Levine, for a very special Thanksgiving Day episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, I'm here. It's been a long day. Started off the morning with my traditional turkey and coffee. Not the bird, but wild turkey in coffee. Worked on the bottle all day. Had a big meal. Stepped away from the family to come over here and do the show. Hope you've had an enjoyable, relaxing day. Hope your stomach is full, your pipes loaded up and ready to go. Today's show, an interview with Scott Thiele, pipe maker, musician, pipe parts. We're going to talk about the stem. Why is the stem so important? The mailbag coming up and the rant. Going to be a little different for the holiday Plus, I got a cool piece of music that I know you'll enjoy. Want to say a big thank you to SmokingPipes.com and an even bigger thank you to all of you listening with us. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, if you missed the show, check it out. We are now picked up on Podcasts.com and TuneIn.com has picked up the show. You can also get it on Podkicker, which is an Android app. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I have scoured the endless expanse of the universe looking for the perfect pipe, and after years of searching, I have found it right here on Earth. The best pipes in the universe, only at cupojoes.com. Welcome back. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. The recording studio is filling up with smoke. I've got a fresh cup of hot black coffee to fight off the effects of the turkey, both solid and liquid, and the uh, two pieces of pumpkin pie. So let's get right into it. In pipe parts, I want to talk about what's important to me about the stem of the pipe. I am a clencher. I like to hold the pipe in my mouth. So if the stem is not comfortable... I don't care how expensive $100 billion the pipe is. The pipe just won't be comfortable for me. I like a pipe that has a flat spot on the stem about a third to a half an inch behind the button. That allows it to fit comfortably in my lips and a pronounced button. By raising the top button a little higher than the bottom one it gives me a spot where i'm able to anchor the pipe in my teeth without having to bite down real hard that is to me is a proper comfortable button if the stem has a little bit of a fishtail to it that makes it even more comfortable for me those old dunhill fishtail stems from the 60s and the 50s Those are some of the most comfortable stems I've ever held in my mouth. 
the Costello stems, even though it's an acrylic or a lucite, those stems still are made very well. They're shaped properly, and they fit comfortably. One of my favorites, and this goes back to some of my conversations that I've had with J.T. Cook in the past, who really enlightened me on what goes on with the comfort of a stem, is barling. Barling spent a lot of time to make sure and get that flat spot right behind the button so that you as the smoker were able to get your lips and get the stem into the mouth comfortably. Now, on the interior of the stem, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of little features that most people really don't look at. But the first thing that I do when I'm looking at a pipe, and I'm handling a couple of my pipes right now, so if you hear some noises, that's because I'm picking up a pipe and I'm doing this physically as I'm talking about it. The first thing that I look at to see if the pipe was engineered really well is the depth of the tenon into the mortise. The way I do it is I take a pipe cleaner, stick it in the shank all the way until it stops on the side of the mortise. Put my finger right at the top of the at the end of the shank so that gives me the depth of of the mortise hole. And then I bring it over to the stem and put it up against the tenon. I want that tenon to reach all the way down into the mortise and meet up with the draft hole there. By keeping that measurement as tight as possible, it stops any circulation issues. It stops the by not having the gap in there. It doesn't allow for gurgling or the smoke to start mixing and creating a bitterness from that moisture building up in there. It creates a clean, simple draft hole coming from the bottom of the bowl straight up into the stem. The other thing that I want to look at is, is the hole, the draft hole in the stem the same diameter as the draft hole in the shank? You want that smoke to stay on one continuous path all the way through the stem. When it gets to the tip of the stem, where, you, where I start to want that thin spot, and right at the button, you'll notice the difference between a pipe that wasn't, a stem on a pipe that wasn't thought all the way through, and somebody that makes a really good stem. Look in the button of your pipes, and if you can see a distinct round hole that comes all the way up to the slot in the button, that was a pipe that may smoke very well, may smoke comfortably for you, but is not going to be the coolest one possible because in the artisan or handmaids or the better stem pipes, you'll see where they've started to open up or V out the draft hole. What's happening is the draft hole is going to get smaller up in that stem, especially in a bent pipe. The draft hole is going to continue to get smaller. So you want to V it out so that you have the same amount of surface space. By doing that, it's also going to stop tongue burn because you're not smoking just one little stream of smoke. When the smoke hits the stem, it starts to spread out. So think of a river delta when you're looking at the stem. You want that water to kind of spread out as it goes towards the button of the stem or the slot. 
Now, if you can't look down the draft hole and see if that's how your how your stem has been made, take a pipe cleaner, take the tip of it, put it in the far left or far right side of the stem. If it hits a block in there, that's probably just a slot that was cut with a round hole. If you're in one edge and it slides in easily to the draft hole, that's a V'd out or slotted uh, draft hole. The other thing that I will see some pipe makers do, and I'm not so sure I like this, but I've noticed that several of the pipes that I own have it. The entrance into the tenon will be fluted or trumpeted. They'll bevel that edge in so that the smoke coming out of the draft hole of the shank gets all captured and brought in there. I would prefer personally that the holes match up and line up perfectly. It's several measurements and a whole lot of cuts to get that to happen right. So my guess is that if it's trumpeted or fluted in the tenon, that's probably to help a pipe cleaner get through it and help grab the smoke so that it stays in one path. Now when you have a pipe that's got a fluted tenon in it, you're going to want to make sure and pull that pipe apart at the end of each smoke and clean that spot out because the pipe cleaner is just going to pass right through there and you're going to build up some bitterness. If you have a pipe that's got a gap between the tenon and the mortise, I want you to bend the pipe cleaner in half at the end of each smoke and wipe in that area real good because you're going to get a buildup, you'll get that bitterness, you'll capture moisture in there, and the pipe's just not going to taste nearly as good as it should. Now, preference of material. Material doesn't really matter to me if the stem is made well. Yes, vulcanite or the hard rubber stems are a little more comfortable on the teeth. They are a little harder to keep clean. They are the ones that oxidize a little easier. An acrylic or a lucite stem, which is common with most Italian manufacturers and most artisan or high-grade manufacturers, those stems are really easy to keep clean. They're a little less comfortable, a little less forgiving on the teeth, but if you've got the pronounced buttons on the top and the bottom of the stem, all you have to do is kind of hang it in there or anchor it in there, and you're not really biting down on it. That's my take on stems. I hope I was clear enough for you. I hope nobody's fallen asleep from overeating. In just a minute, Scott Thelia will be on the phone. We'll be talking pipes and music, all kinds of fun stuff with him. Later on in the show, again, a piece of music that I'm going to save it. I'm going to surprise everybody with it. And at the end of the show, the mailbag, the rant, all the usual good stuff. Hang in there. This is Internet Radio. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at smokingpipes.com. 
They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Welcome back. Stepping away from his own family and his holiday traditions to join us on the air is Scott Thiele, pipe maker, musician, and, as many of you may not know, the uh, founder, creator, what do you call yourself, of Pipedia? Yeah, I call myself the founder of Pipedia. The founder of Pipedia.org. Scott, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in San Diego, and um, most of my family still lives there, uh, born in Los Angeles, but then my family moved to the San Diego area when I was about six months old, and lived there uh, up until I got married and discovered that San Diego was a sort of expensive place to buy a house, and uh, started moving uh, further north as real estate values climbed. And what's your education in? Uh, my primary training is in piano uh, technology. I'm a, a piano tuner, and I still do that. Um, have a job at uh, Murray State University in Murray, Kentucky, working on pianos there. So it's fairly informal. I did do some college uh, work in music, but then uh, learned the, the piano tuning trade from uh, apprenticing with technicians in uh, San Diego and Los Angeles areas and uh and then working uh, with a, a trade organization called the Piano Technicians Guild. So I, uh, uh, it was it was more technical than uh, than academic. Can you play the piano? Uh, very very poorly. No one would ever want to hear me play the piano. <laughs> I play it. Uh, I play it just enough to make sure it's working correctly and and sounding good. And then uh, I leave the actual music making on the piano to to real live pianists. And when did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking a pipe when I was about 16 years old. A good friend of mine uh, at the time, uh, Charles Wheeler, who is also a very good friend of Brad Pullman's, um, was uh, was a pipe smoker, uh, also a great guitar player. Uh, played with him in a band, and uh, he smoked a pipe, and it looked really interesting to me. And... Um, so he, uh, he let me try one of his pipes, and then uh, uh, that really appealed to me, and he helped me get into the uh, into pipe smoking from there. He, uh, at one point, had worked with a couple of tobacco shops um, in the Los Angeles area and had a lot of, a lot of connections, a lot of knowledge, and a, an amazing collection of pipes. Do you remember your first pipe? Uh, the first pipe I smoked or the first pipe that I owned? The first one you owned. Um, yes, I do. It, uh, it was a Danish freehand, typical of the late 70s, um, when they started turning them out uh, to appease those of us where that appealed to us. Uh, it was uh, smooth with a plateau top, and I don't know who the maker was. 
and it may be that that wasn't ever a feature of that pipe. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it appealed to me, and uh, my my good friend Charles was trying to point me in the direction of a Savinelli autograph, which would probably have been a much better first pipe. Uh, but the uh, autograph ended up being my second pipe. And how long before you started making pipes? Oh, a really long time. I um, I started making pipes in, in 2006, uh, and uh, that would have been the late 70s when I started smoking pipes. Uh, and um, shortly after uh, I started my career in pianos, uh, I became enamored with with woodworking, um, especially as it re- related to the piano, but also uh, was interested in cabinet making and just woodworking in general. I really started a passionate, um, long-time love affair with wood as a young man, and so that was always uh, part of my work and and um, part of who I am, really, as a hobby and just in every other way. And pipe smoking was always part of who I was from that point early on. And um, I had toyed with the idea of putting them together, uh, but never really followed through on it until uh, until much later. So, um, so that was been about not quite seven years ago. I, I made my first pipe, and it was an incredible experience uh, to make that pipe and then sit down and, and light it up and have it actually work. And it was a pretty darn good smoking pipe. It's just about as ugly as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> But it, uh, thankfully, it smoked pretty well. <laughs> so uh, after that experience, um, I just became completely enthralled uh, with pipe making, and that has taken up almost all of my free time uh, since then. It just became a real passion and, and something I do uh, anytime I can. Your, your pipes, which I've seen many of, uh, and even the pipes on your website, all tend to be what I would consider smaller or more more compact pipes. Mm-hmm. How did you go from starting out smoking Danish freehands and Savinelli autographs, which are larger pieces, to what you're making now, which are more compact, more traditional Danish style? Well, it's a, it was an evolution. Um, the first pipe I made was actually kind of small, um, not for any real particular reason. I was just, my, the goal there was just to try to end up with a pipe that worked. <laughs> and uh, it ended up small. But um, I've made some larger pipes. Uh, and um, uh, at, at first, larger pipes really appealed to me uh, when I was making them. Uh, and then um, over time, I noticed in my own smoking that I tended to be gravitating towards smaller pipes. And after attending uh, my first pipe show, which was uh, in uh, St. Louis in February of 2007, I'd been making pipes about a year. I'd been smoking pipes for many, many years by then, but that was actually my first pipe show. And um, I noticed uh, all the pipes that I'd been drooling over with pictures on the Internet and uh, uh, and just that I would find various places in photograph form, I noticed they were much, much smaller than what I had imagined they would be uh, when I actually picked them up. And, and um, so the combination of the two, the, the fact that I was gravitating towards smaller pipes uh, when I wanted to smoke my own collection and 
and also seeing the, the work of a lot of the Danish pipe makers and especially the Danes uh, was much smaller than I had imagined it would be. Um, so I, I started focusing on making uh, somewhat smaller pipes. I still, my range of size still varies a lot, but it's uh, the average is probably around a group four bowl size now. And, um, you know, I, I seem to gravitate towards that and even smaller in terms of my own smoking preferences. But I, I try to have a little bit of a variety because a lot of people like larger pipes, but I've talked to many people that seem to be gravitating towards smaller pipes like I am. Your your designs don't look small to me. They look just more compact, and I know the bowls are the bowls are very uh, uh, very comfortable to fit an hour's worth of of a smoke into them without a problem. Right. Uh, are there any particular shapes that draw you to them? Um, boy, I find that sort of evolves uh, constantly. Um, I really. Uh, I really like, uh, there's a, a shape that I've been making quite a bit of that's sort of a bent, um, either egg or apple. It sort of varies between the two. Uh, it was sort of a, not so much, a, it, not a completely square shank, but a, a fairly square shank. And um, trying to emphasize the whatever grain is in the block and altering the shape to that. I really enjoy making those, and they've probably been, uh, one of my more popular shapes that that people seem to resonate with in in both smooths and the smooth pipes, and it also makes a pretty nice sandblasted pipe. Um, but then I also really like to make uh, I call it a freehand poker, but it, I guess a lot of people would think of it more as a sitting Dublin uh, type pipe. Uh, sometimes with a plateau top, and sometimes with a smooth top, and uh, volcanoes. Uh, I like to make volcanoes also. A newer uh, style for me that I've been playing with is, is more of a blowfish style with bird's eye on the sides and, and straight grain uh, kind of running along the spline of it. That is a really fun but very challenging shape for me that I'm, I'm still not very comfortable making it, but I've really enjoyed doing that. And then I really have enjoyed making uh, bulldogs. I've made quite a few bulldogs. Um, with with sort of a Danish flair in them, and uh, lately I've been making some straight bulldogs. Uh, I'm making a pipe for the uh, NASPC uh, pipe for next year as a straight bulldog of mine that I'm making. So I've, it, it varies a lot. I try to uh, I try to just since I'm not having to do this for a living right now, I try to gravitate towards whatever seems to be moving me to to do at the moment. Uh, or what somebody seems to want and kind of kind of run accordingly with that. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll talk to Scott about Pipedia and a little bit more about pipes. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We are back. Scott's still on the phone. 
a lot of your pipes feature ivory or a uh, or a wood cap to them. Is that from your right. love of wood? Oh, absolutely. I um, with the um, the exotic woods. Um, there's there's some really wonderful woods that are used in instrument making that are also shared with with uh, pipe making. Uh, one of the probably one of them that's better known as boxwood. Um, so I like to incorporate uh, that. It's sort of, I see it as sort of a, a way to join my two otherwise disparate worlds together. Um, I've also used some ebony as accents, some rosewood. Uh, all those are, are woods that are used uh, in pianos. And, of course, ivory was used in pianos for many years. It's not any longer. But it, uh, I, I, love, I love the material of ivory and uh, and get some uh, pre-ban ivory, ivory that's legal to get. It's kind of expensive and and uh, difficult to work with in some ways, but it's it's a beautiful material. I, I love using love using those and incorporating that into the, into the pipes. Are there a couple of old pianos laying around that might not have 88 keys anymore? <laughs> well, the the ivory that comes off the keys, uh, the keys on a piano are covered with ivory, so it's it's very thin material it, it averages about fifty-five thousandths of an inch in thickness so it's it's really too thin to use in a in a traditional end cap or accent anything other than just a really thin sliver uh in a stem or something won't really work the first pipes and several other pipes early on i did use um ivory that i had salvaged off of old piano key tops so Let's shift gears, because on, on Thanksgiving Day, when we all gather around and we, as a community, we are all supposed to reflect on what we're thankful for, your gift to the community has been Pipedia, which if anybody's not familiar with it, it's P-I-P-E-D-I-A dot O-R-G. What inspired you to start it? I had... Um... Originally, my original idea was to start a website um, that would feature the work of North American pipe makers. Um, I had been I've been spending a lot of time on the internet looking at, at the work of various pipe makers and really enjoyed the uh, DanishPipemakers.com uh, site, uh, which which did a fantastic job of chronicling those pipe makers and and the history there and. Uh, showing lots of pictures of their pipes and contact information and various ways to um, engage with that community of pipe makers there. And I, my original vision was to figure out a way to do that for American pipe makers. Uh, and I started exploring that and then realized quickly that for me, um, the where the pipe maker lived didn't really matter that much to me. I just really enjoyed pipes from, from everywhere and the different things that make pipes special, uh, depending on ancestry and history of the pipe maker. So I decided to expand it out and, um, and discovered the wiki software, uh, same software that uh, Wikipedia runs on, it's called MediaWiki, and that it was a public domain type software and that I could, I could run with that. Um, in fact, I looked at uh, Wikipedia's pipe-related articles on there and saw that they were uh, some of them were very well written, um, but they, they tended, behind the scenes, you could see there was a lot of uh, controversy with anti-smoking people and real pipe people and 
kind of in between people, um, sort of fighting over how those things were going to be presented. And I decided, you know, it'd be really neat to present, use that powerful wiki format and just get, put it in the hands of uh, the pipe community in terms of all the, the collectors and uh, individual pipe makers, um, uh, you know, people representing companies and uh, and everybody to have access to to the information, both in terms of contributing to it and uh, benefiting from it. So it, it was just an idea I came up with um, and came up with the idea of Pipedia and looked, looked and found that domain was available and, and uh, signed up for it. So it was, it was just a little bit of a fluke that I uh, got into it, and it's, it's been a tremendous amount of fun. With it being a wiki site, does, is, are there any requirements for somebody to post or add to it? The only requirements um, are that the material uh, is either in the public domain, uh, that you are the, or that you are the author of the material, or that you have received permission from whoever's uh, material it is. So that's really the only, um, really the only restriction at all uh, is is that you have um, access to that material that or information uh, either by creating it yourself or you have permission to to include it on pipedia but that's uh, that's really the only criteria we have and the main page of pipedia has been accessed over 680,000 times right it's it's gotten to be quite a, a busy site um, it varies a little bit um, but we're averaging about a hundred thousand visits per month right now, so uh, it's it's become pretty significant. We've got uh, total views now uh, are about eight point five million. Um, so depending on uh, you know where they're, a lot of times um, individual articles will show up on a on a Google search. So if somebody's searching for a certain pipe. Uh, they may get a link uh, to a specific article. So somebody will go right straight to that article as opposed to going through the main page to get to it. But it's um, we've got about a 1,000 content pages now, just over a 1,000. There's a lot of that don't include super relevant content. Uh, we've got about 5,000 pages total. A lot of that are, are pages where people are discussing the content on the articles instead of the articles themselves. We've got almost 4,000 files. Most of those are photographs of pipes. Um, it's really built up. It's uh, it's been fun to watch it, watch it happen. I have contributed a lot of content, uh, but uh, certainly not the majority of the content, which is which has happened by uh, just people, members in the community with with areas of expertise or a passionate interest or a passionate collection and. Um, those are the people that are building up the articles. So it's uh, it's been really fun to watch it explode. Who's supporting the uh, maintenance of the website? Well, uh, that's pretty much me. <laughs> um, there's not uh, there's not a tremendous amount of maintenance um, in terms of uh, the hours involved. Uh, I have to keep a regular look at it, um, so I do that and I try to police. Uh, the, the quality of the content. Uh, at times, there's been a tremendous amount of spam. Uh, I've got some things in place that uh, that help tremendously with that, so I haven't had to fight that recently. But it, uh, the way those types of 
solutions work, it's will work for a while, and then uh, the spammers figure out ways to work around it, and then suddenly you're inundated, inundated with spam again, and you have to come up with a new solution. But I keep an eye on that. Um, the cost of maintaining it is fairly reasonable for me, so that hasn't been a, a problem. Although with as much use as it's getting, uh, in the future it could involve uh, needing to be hosted on a, a better a better server environment. Um, so far that hasn't been a problem for me. Very much a cottage project, and thankfully it hasn't been uh, too expensive, and it's been a little bit time-consuming at times, but it's uh, definitely a labor of love. Switch back to pipes real quick, because I'm assuming that the family's over. Uh, last year for Christmas, you made each one of your sons a pipe. Exactly. Any uh, any Thanksgiving Day after dinner traditions? Well, um, what we've done in, in past years, and I fully hope will happen at some point uh, this evening, is uh, the sons that are here, which are two, uh, my youngest son and my middle son um, uh, will will join me out in the workshop, um, possibly with their girlfriends, but not uh, not for sure. <laughs> Sometimes uh, they join us also uh, just for the camaraderie. But uh, uh, we uh, we usually enjoy uh, an after dinner beverage and uh, and a pipe and uh, and some conversation. It's usually a, a wonderful time. I look forward to it very much. And that brings us to our Fast Five final questions, which I didn't prep you for, nor did I tell you about. So here they go. Short answer, first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Favorite pipe? Oh, gosh. Time's up. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I smoke cast-off pipes. It's, uh, it's uh, one of my uh, little bent apple pipes that I made and didn't work out well enough to sell. Favorite tobacco? Uh... That would be Frogmorton. Favorite place to smoke? Out of my workshop. And I think we covered your favorite drink. <laughs> we got close. I uh, I, I love uh, all kinds of things. I love cognac after dinner, and I like beer uh, most other times, and lots of wine, too. And your favorite thing to do while smoking? Oh, gosh, that varies. I, I love to make pipes while smoking, um, but probably my favorite thing to do while smoking is just reflecting, just sitting there and enjoying the smoke uh, and letting my mind wander on, on various topics. And I've taken up enough of your time on the holiday. Thank you very much. Websites are pipedia.org, P-I-P-E-D-I-A dot O-R-G. For Scott's own pipes, it's S-E-T-H-I-L-E pipes.com. Check them out on the website. Scott, thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. I enjoyed it. Keep up the great work with the show. We'll be back in just a minute. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Fact. Cup of Joe's is the largest selection of pipes and tobaccos on the web. Fact. For over 17 years, Cup of Joe's has maintained the highest standard in customer service. Fact. Your thumb is the same length as your nose. Told you. Cupofjoes.com. Cup 
Welcome back. So in addition to Scott giving us Pipedia.org as a gift to the entire community, Scott's a perfect example of the very giving, very talented people that are part of this hobby. Not only is he a great pipe maker, he is also a very good stand-up bass player, although he'll never tell you. Scott's son, Chris Thiele, is one of the founding members of the bluegrass group Nickel Creek, and the piece of music that I'm going to play for you goes back to when Chris was a young boy. You'll hear Scott playing the stand-up bass on it. It's called Shipwrecked. was a very young Chris Thiele with his father on the bass. Chris playing the mandolin there went on to win a Grammy Award while part of Nickel Creek and recently was awarded a MacArthur Prize. Chris's current band, which he's a founder of, is the Punch Brothers. Find out more about them on the internet, punchbrothers.com. You've got some mail. First, let me start off by saying a big thank you and hello to the Taps Club, the Triangle Area Pipe Smokers. Jim, thank you for your kind words. Guys, keep enjoying the show. I look forward to seeing you at your pipe show in April. I got your message on the trivia. All right, so here it goes. Here's today's trivia question. In the grocery store, in the produce section, 
there is an item that is sold in the produce section that has more nicotine in its leaves per ounce than tobacco does. So what product does your grocery store sell in the produce section that has a higher nicotine content per ounce than tobacco? If you thought I was crazy with the toilet paper and pipe smoking rant, take a look at the Ask GLP's October 2012 column that Greg wrote. Greg says pipe buying would save the world. I also want to thank you, Greg, for the shout-out for the Brigham Pipe Cleaners. We'll be back to wrap up the show in just a minute. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. It is rant time, and for what I've got in mind for today's show, this music's all wrong. Wait a second. Kill this music. Bring it down. Uh, Producer AJ, kill the music. I've got a special piece of music that fits perfectly for what I'm going to do now. We'll bring it up. There. Here it comes. Okay. Perfect. Sets the mood. Instead of a rant on this holiday show, I want to do a rave. I want to do a special rave just to the J. Peterman Company. It's J-P-E-T-E-R-M-A-N dot com, the J. Peterman Company, they have put out a holiday 2012 owner's manual, which is a catalog. The catalog was sent to me by uh, Professor Dan Locklear. Thank you, Dan. They are featuring Peterson Pipes in their catalog. How cool is that the catalog, a mail-order catalog of fine men's stuff in 2012 is featuring pipes for sale. Not only that, they've got a really cool classic Inverness jacket that, although it's $449, it is really a cool-looking caped classic Sherlock Holmes-style jacket. Well, all that made me think that, you know, this is the wrong time of the year to be doing a rant on something, especially on a holiday like this. What I thought was, I'm a pipe smoker, and oftentimes I know my family doesn't know what to get me. So I thought I'd make a few suggestions. So if your loved ones are in the room with you, turn this up. If if you're not in the room with them, play it back later for them real loud so they can hear this. All of us pipe smokers... You know what kind of pipes we like because you're around us a lot. Well, take a look. 
There's always a holiday edition pipe that makes a great gift under the tree. You can also find great stocking stuffers for us pipe smokers, whether it be tampers, lighters, non soft flame, non turbo lighters, soft flame only lighters, don't get the cigar ones. Pipe cleaners are a great stocking stuffer. We always need them. If you're picking out a gift and you're not sure what to get us, look around for an ashtray or a pipe stand or a pipe rack that may fit the decor and fit a place in your house where you think it would look perfect. We love those things. We always can use them. Pipe bags and pipe pouches. How many can you have? Not enough. That's my answer to that. You can never have enough pipe bags and pipe pouches. And after reading the uh, Ask GLPs article, I'm thinking that I'm going to ask my wife to go pick out a good-looking fedora for me because hats are coming back with pipes, and together, hats and pipes are going to save the world and make it a brighter place. I want to say a thank you to SmokingPipes.com. A special thank you to my family for letting me get away and do this show. And even more important, I want to thank you, the listeners, for being part of this show, for being part of this community that I am so happy to be a member of. We're all joined by the enjoyment of the pipe, full of wonderful people. It's a privilege and an honor to be part of this group. Until next time. clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to the bum 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 bum